Well, hello there. You are listening to Jelly and Bean, and this is a show where we talk about all manner of geek topics, tech, movies, TV shows, games, and more. This week, the show is hosted by Katie Malloy, talkative co-host of Silver Screen Queens and solemn defender of Darren Chris fangirls everywhere. And myself, Jelly, a.k.a. Daniel Farrelly, an Apple fanboy with a heart of gold. Today is Friday the 23rd of August, and this is episode 39. Hello, Katie. Hello, Daniel. So, uh, this week, Bean is not available. He has moved his his, uh, his house that he's been building over the last... Well, he hasn't been building it himself, but, you know, you get the point. It has been being built. It has been being built, indeed. And uh, it, it got finished, or, or it got finished enough that he was able to move into it anyway. And so, uh, so he's, he's out for two weeks while, uh, while they kind of settle in uh, to the new place. And uh, so we've got ho- we've got we've got guest hosts for this week and next week. And this week, uh, as as mentioned, we are joined by by Katie from Silver Screen Queens. Yes, Silver Screen Queens is the podcast that I host with your lovely wife, Mel. Yes, yes. Um, she gets plenty of mentions on here. I'm sure she does. I'm sure I get less mentions, so I'm mentioning myself. Hi, have, I'm Katie. You have been mentioned once. Oh, least. I've been mentioned. I think you got once. mentioned last week when we talked about a little bit about Star Wars. Uh, because I mentioned that you would kill me for calling it A New Hope. I wouldn't kill you. I just don't particularly like that title for Star Wars because it wasn't originally called A New Hope, and to call it A New Hope now kind of implies that they always knew it was going to be that when they didn't. They just sort of retitled it a couple of years later when they were like, hey, let's make lots of money off this. Sure, but I, I think I think as Bean says, uh, he said that it was um, it it's it's better to use a new hope for for clarity rather than you know for solidarity or well sometimes whatever. sometimes I call it Star Wars the movie. That's sort of clear. There's only one movie called Star Wars. The others are all called something else. Sure, but I mean it, it is called a new hope these days. It's like when you say Star Trek, and if you say, I watch Star Trek, and people would be like, oh, the whole show, and then you would be like, no, Star Trek, the motion picture. But it's actually called the motion picture. Yes. The title is called, it is, the title is Star Trek, the motion picture. Or Star Trek, you know, the movie, which is another movie. So There's a movie called Star Trek. In all honesty, it probably should be called Star Trek, the movie where we pan around the Enterprise for basically the entire the entire movie. <laughs> it was a really, really, really long shot. I mean, scene. That was a really long scene of just shots of the Enterprise. Indeed. Indeed. And then and then the more recent Star Trek movie should be called Star Trek Lens Flare. And and that well, the the, the first movie sh- the fir- the first reboot movie should be called Star Trek Lens Flare. But well, that's what I meant because that's the, the movie called Star Trek. And then the second movie, Star Trek Into Darkness, they should they should just ditch that title and they should just call it uh, Star Trek: The Lens Flare, flare Returns. Yeah, or Star or Trek: Khan lens, is White. That the lens flare strikes back. Yeah, that would be probably comparing it too much to Star Wars. J.J. Abrams' new project. Indeed. So this week we have we have a few topics and we've had, in fact one a couple of them are, are, are movies um because we're playing to your strengths. That that works for me. I have strengths in movies. 
but before we get to those, uh, b- before we get to those, uh, we do have some other stuff that I'd like to kind of talk, have a have a bit of a chat about. Um, now, you guys all know that uh, that we've 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 talked about the MBN before and the the plans that uh, the alternate plans that uh, the Liberal Party are bringing to the table um, and that the Labor, you know, the, the plan that the Labor Party is already putting into place. Um, how much would you say that you know about that sort of stuff, Katie? I know a little. I know enough that I'm not a complete layperson, but I don't know a lot of the technical stuff. Fair enough. Well, to help, uh, I, I, I came across a couple of... Uh, a couple of videos um, just today, actually, and uh, that have been that are on YouTube, and um, I'm gonna I'm gonna link to them in the show notes because I think they're they're a really good uh, basic version of the of the differences between the two plans. Mm-hmm. So one of them is from the Chaser. I think you'll be hard pressed to find anybody in Australia who doesn't like the Chaser. That's because the Chaser is awesome. Yeah. And so it's a it's a kind of a it's a kind of a more simplified version of the mm-hmm. uh, of the two things, uh, but you know it's it's got humor on its side and you know pre- playing practical jokes and stuff like that, um, which is you know what they're known for. Uh, the other one is just a video, uh, this random video um, called TLDR, the NBN, and uh, it kind of breaks down some of the more some of the stuff a little bit more, I think. I just had a vision of a teal deer dancing over gnomes, um, <laughs> or gnomes, teal deer dancing over gnomes. Yes, that would be great. And nobody will get that joke until they actually watch the Chaser one. No, but but gnomes, gnomes, and teal deers. So um, I mean we've I've, we keep we keep bringing it up because it's it it's you know deep in our hearts the the internet and. Uh, I don't even know that that made sense. That would be great if it were literal, though. <laughs> like you had some sort of literal the connection. Inter- the from internet the was internet deep in our heart. heart. Yeah, it would be awesome. Uh, well, I have said before that I'm one of those people that if I could, I would have like the internet on an IV on a drip into myself. Dri- wow. Yeah, so that I could always be connected. That's um, that's full on, Katie. Yeah, it's it's full on. But then you would never have to leave the internet. You could just be like, you know doing other things and still connected to the internet. So you would know stuff when it happens. You don't have to do that because you're on the internet a lot anyway. Whereas some people mm. have to stand in front of classes and teach all day and dream of being on the internet sometimes. Indeed. So if you guys are interested in uh, in and still kind of aren't really clear about the, the details of the MBN plans, uh, but are interested, then these videos are really good. And I'd suggest that you maybe might want to have a, have a watch. Might have what you might want to have a watch anyway. Let's be honest; it's um, especially the chaser one, which is it, which is worth every every moment that you put you give to it. And it has gnomes. And it does. It ha- well. It has a gnome. It has a gnome. For it, it, like, it features a gnome, starring a gnome. <laughs> yes, a gnome with internet connection. Indeed. So, in movie news, there's movie news that has come out in the last week, specifically about Guardians of the Galaxy, a.k.a. the movie that we don't know anything about but are lo- most looking forward to, <laughs> and uh, and Avengers 2. I know a few things about Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, we know we know a few things about Guardians of the Galaxy, but, like, 
comp- comparatively to all the other movies that are coming out of Marvel in in Phase Two, right? Uh, we know very little because uh, I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy isn't a huge property from like that that they've ever like. It's not one of their big big ones. Yeah. Uh, it certainly wouldn't be first tier as <laughs> in the uh, you know. Well. Yeah. Um, Iron Man was not exactly their most famous well, commodity either, and pretty much none of the f- none of the characters that they've done have been first here. Well, I mean, every, I think most people knew about like the Hulk, for instance, because he's had his own TV show and stuff, and a lot of people know about Captain America. Um, Captain America. Captain Captain America. Um, but um, perhaps not quite so much about Iron Man and Thor. Or you know, right. Black Widow and those guys. Well, Black um, Widow and Black Widow and Hawkeye were definitely not first tier. No. Um, event. Uh, sorry, Iron Man was is technically a, like a, a one of the larger properties um, because I mean he, he's one of the ones that leads the Avengers and there's a whole yeah. there's a whole storylines um, you know in Avengers where, where that feature him. But yeah, I think I mean I just think for you know the general public. Um, non-comic book reading people before the first Iron Man movie came out, they may not have known quite as much about um, Iron Man as like perhaps Captain America or especially the Hulk, because I think of all of them, at least for me, the Hulk would have been the most famous one. Right. But that being said, the Hulk had, you know, TV shows and, yeah. and you know, previous movies and stuff like that. And well-known catchphrases and things in, in, uh, you know, general people, society, culture thing. <laughs> so, well, I mean, the, one of the things about Guardians of the Galaxy is that it's going to be, or it seems like it's it's going to be a bit of a a, a detour from from what we know from Marvel. Yeah. Uh, in that it's going to be a little bit more cheesy. Well, what I've heard was that, like, people seem to like the stuff that they've seen of it. Um, they did say it had a lighter and more humorous kind of tone, right? But they do seem to like it, so I think it's it's just going for something a little bit like funnier. Yeah, so yeah. it's it's yeah, it's it's definitely getting a, a lot more kind of comic relief in the Marvel universe. It's it is the comic relief, yeah. Uh, at least in the cinematic universe, um, you know, which was I guess previously held by Tony Stark. Um, Maybe. Well, I, I mean, know. he's. I, I think all of the movies have a few sort of funny moments and things like that. He's probably got the best sense of humor out of the main ones, but um, he also has a lot of darker storylines and stuff as well. So, right, right. Yeah. I don't know if you could say that there was, like, there might be comic relief in the individual movies, um, but... I don't. I don't know if there really is one. Generally. Yeah, there's. There's not really like the. the I mean, Tony, Tony Stark and Iron Man. Like the humor is typically pretty um, snarky. Yeah. Um, the the feeling that I get from this from Guardians of the Galaxy is that it's going to be a lot more kind of goofy. Yeah. Uh, and I, I mean, you really only have to look at the people that it's already cast, or rather, the lead that it's already cast, which is. I was know, gonna say. Chris Pratt. Uh, who, on um, on Parks and Recreation, which is pretty much what he's probably best known for, mm. he he plays a goofy character, and that's yeah. kind of the sort of thing that he do, like that he uh, he's known for. So it it kind of makes sense that this is going to be kind of going in that direction, I guess. Yeah, 
And I, uh, I already have a new favorite character. I know nothing about her, but Zoe Saldana is playing a green girl, and I am so on that. She is one of my favorite actresses, and I like green characters. Interesting. I do. I like green characters. That I would like suggest green girls. that would suggest that you like T Rex. I I like T Rex from what I know of him. I have a little <laughs> mini Rex in my car. He protects my car from intruders. He likes ice cream. Yes, that's also true. So the actual news that we we've got uh, as far as Guardians of the Galaxy is that um, is is more rumors about who is playing the character Rocket Raccoon because we don't know that yet, um, and that's mostly because they, I mean they're still sh- shooting and so um, the the voice bits don't necessarily need to come until until after. Mm. Um, and last week, Bean and I uh, discussed how. Vin Diesel has been announced to play be playing Groot, which is the giant tree character from mm-hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy. Because there's five of them, five Guardians. Yeah, there's the really big hulky guy. There's Zoe Saldana as a green girl. There's Chris Pratt. Yep. There's the raccoon, and there's the ant, Groot, who's not an ant. He's a tree. Yes. He's he's a tree guy. Yes. Tree guys. Well, ants are tree guys. It's a logical. Right. Connection. Ents are Lord of the Rings. Right. Yes. Explains why I don't know anything about it. Oh. We've, as, as previously discussed uh, on, on the show, like months and months and months ago, um, I've never watched Lord of the Rings. Oh. And I've been, I've been banned by uh, one of the previous guest hosts from watching it until I've seen the Hobbit movies because he wants, he wants to see what my opinion of it is once ha- seeing it in chronological order. I see. Well, perhaps it'll be good for you because you'll get to see the best ones at the end <laughs> based Unlike... on The Hobbit so far, which wasn't bad. It just wasn't up to the standard of Lord of the Rings. Although I am really looking forward to seeing Evangeline Lilly in the next one. Who knows? I mean, we've still got two movies to go. They yeah. they, they could get better. They could. Um, it, it's it's just a problem of like pacing. They they just sort of dragged out this one book into three movies by throwing bits of the extended canon into it, and I don't know how well that works based on The Hobbit. Not particularly. Okay. Anyway. Well, we'll see. But I am I am the cast of the next one is very exciting for me. I'm looking forward to seeing Evangeline Lilly as a girl in Lord of the Rings at all. Um, let alone a girl elf who looks pretty cool. And um, Lee Pace is going to be in it a lot more than he was in the first one, and I like him too. Pushing Daisies was one of my favourite shows ever. Fair enough. Ever. (laughs) I think we get the point. Like, ever. (laughs) So, back to Guardians of the Galaxy. Right, because we keep getting on topic. Um, So... Previously, we've talked about how uh, David Tennant was being rumoured to actually be up for the role. And about the same time, I we, we talked about it on the show and I said that it was uh, that we were probably unlikely to see two Doctor Who people in the same movie at any point in the near future um, because then it just becomes a reunion thing and I'm fairly certain that Marvel doesn't really want that. Who's the other one? Karen Gillan. Oh, right. She's bald in it. Yes. That's right. She was all, look, I'm bald. And I was like, cool. So, you know, that would be, that would make it too. And we know that she's in it because yes. she's been on the panel and everything. It's been confirmed. But she was never in it when David Tennant was in it. No, I know. But Doctor around, Who, I mean, not. No, no, I know. But there's still Doctor Who 
It would still be like a Doctor Who thing. Uh, so, so you know, as as glad as it would have made me uh, to you know see David Tennant in this role, I especially think, with the Scottish I think it would accent, be awesome. Um, it was very always very unlikely that that was going to happen, and so now new rumors are starting to come out as to who it is because we're you know we're getting closer and closer to actually finding out who's going to be playing any of it. Is it John Barrowman? No, <sighs> the new the new pick of the litter is Bradley Cooper. Why would you have Bradley Cooper in a movie where you can't see Bradley Cooper? So this is this is actually oh I have a, I have an article here um, that suggests that um, while they are you know suggesting that they that he was he's probably going to be voicing uh, Rocket Raccoon, mm. um, you know they 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 do what they actually end their their uh, article to by saying you know do you think that he's the right guy to voice Rocket or would he make better make a better Live action character uh, from from the Marvel universe. Well, I'm I'm not trying to detract from Bradley Cooper's acting skills. I actually think he's quite good, but he's fallen into that trap of being good looking and like being cast in a lot of things where he doesn't get to show that he's particularly good at acting. Right. Um, whereas, like I, I really liked the Silver Linings Playbook. That was a really good movie. He was good in it. Um, not as good as Jennifer Lawrence, but to be fair, Jennifer Lawrence is probably one of the best actors there that are out there right now. Um, but I think he's quite a good actor. I'm just saying he's really, really, really pretty. And it seems like a waste to have him do a voice when he's that pretty. That's Right. All. Right. Okay. Unless make... he's recording with his shirt off the whole time and they film it. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, I, I, I think that, I think that it's probably doing a voice role in that that instance. He's actually probably pretty good for him because, uh, like you said, you know he doesn't get a lot of opportunity to show how good of an actor he is, and so maybe having a voice role is actually something a step in the right direction for that. Maybe. Um, I actually have a feeling he might have done a voice role in a kids' movie. It's it, like I, I was actually the saying the same thing, head. but then I thought I thought of um, Ryan Reynolds in um, in the in the snail movie Turbo. Oh yeah, that's coming out. You're not shortly. going Turbo, are you? Um, that's a different movie. That's yeah, that's that's um, Wreck It Ralph. I can't. I think of it every time I see the title for Turbo. Um, every time I'm just like, you're not going Turbo, are you? Indeed. Every time I I. I don't really I'm I'm hoping Turbo will win me over when I see it, but so far it's done nothing for me. Yeah. And I like Ryan Reynolds too. It's true. Ryan Reynolds is pretty amazing. So that I mean there's that. Like that that's uh that that's a rumor that's that's out right now about uh who's gonna be playing uh playing Rocket Raccoon. Yeah. I I, I don't know. Who who do you think you would like to see in a role like this? In a voice role in a Marvel movie. I don't really know that much about Rocket Raccoon, his personality or anything. Um, so I don't I don't know what voice would fit it best. Well see, they they every time that I that I see news about who who's voicing the the character, they 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 refer to him as being the heart of the of the movie or mm. the heart of the of the Guardians. So somebody who's a good heart? So well so I, I, that that's I think that's part of the reason why I was so excited to see um, David Tennant being rumored for it because Nathan Fillion, <laughs> but isn't he supposed to be Ant Man or something? 
That was a thing. I don't. It's not the thing anymore, though. Ant Man, as far as I know, for the Edgar Wright Ant Man movie, he's not in it, is he? Well, we don't know yet. Oh. I don't think they've announced any cast because that yet. was a thing at the Comic Con that I was at, um, where Nathan came up. Um, so that was in 2010, I think. Mm-hmm. And Nathan came up and asked a question, and and he was in some silly costume or something and then when he went off Joss was like ladies and gentlemen Ant-Man but as far as I know that never actually came to fruition that was supposed to be in Avengers and then it wasn't and so I don't know if he's still well for that well he it, the the uh, Ant-Man is is supposedly uh now supposed to be coming out uh in phase three like either either as part of phase three or uh at the same time as Phase 3. I thought it was 2013. Uh, 15, sorry, 2015. 2013 is now. Um, but I also heard that Ant-Man, they were going younger. Like the famous Ant-Man whose name is Hank Pym was right. going to be the father of the person who's the Ant-Man in the current movie or some such thing or like the predecessor somehow. So Hank Pym wasn't actually going to be the main Ant-Man is another rumor I've heard, which would be really disappointing for me because his wife, whose name is something, um, is is a a really interesting sort of original female character in the whole Marvel universe. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people talk about her because she's kind of, she's actually an original female superhero as opposed to like one of the female spinoffs of male characters like Spider-Girl and whatever other girl they have girl hulk she hulk and all of those sorts of ones who i'm sure are interesting characters as well but she's like an original one um and her storyline wasn't always tied into hanks and so she'd be an interesting character to um look at i want to say wanda but i'm not totally sure that's right something like that i think i think the name wanda rings a bell actually um yeah, so anyway, she she just seems like she'd be an interesting sort of character and it would be disappointing if she was relegated to like being in the first generation and then this new one having some other girl in it because she was actually um she was actually sort of her own character. What about Miss Marvel? Um Captain Marvel would also be a great female superhero character to have coming through, but since they're already making an Ant-Man movie, um then the Wasp could tie into that. Right. So uh yeah it would be, it, I mean it would be great to have a Captain Marvel movie. Uh I don't know how close that is. There's still all this stuff about, you know, people won't want to watch female superhero movies, which is bunk. Yesterday I saw a tweet from uh from Katie Sackoff. Yeah. Uh best known for Battlestar Battle Galactica. Yeah. Uh she has actually she would like to play Captain Marvel? Yeah. That would be terrific. I would be all the way behind Katie Sackhoff as Captain Marvel. I keep seeing her brought up in relation to various characters because, like, I think sort of fandom goes, hey, look, she's a badass blonde girl. Let's just cast her as anybody ever who's badass ever. <laughs> well, um, yeah, I, I've seen her I've seen her being, like, being fantasy cast as, uh, as Harley Quinn. Yeah, and yeah. you're like, of all the people, yeah. Mm. Um, but... Like, that would actually fit really well. I think Katie Sackhoff would be a brilliant Captain Marvel, um, much better than most of the other fan casts I've seen, and it's by her, so um, Yeah, well, she, she, she's interested in playing the character, and she would definitely do a good job of it, and, yeah. uh, you know, I, I'd, like, I'd like to see it. I'd, I'd watch it. I'd get right I, behind that. But then I'm the one that wants a Black, Black Widow movie, so... Um, I would I'd, love a Black Widow movie, not, too. 
Yeah. I would be 100% behind a Black Widow movie. I would be 100% behind pretty much any female superhero movie that you can think of because we really need a female superhero movie. This is getting ridiculous. Fair enough. It is ridiculous that there's been this many and there's still no female superhero movies. One, in the 80s, there's a Supergirl movie from the 80s. Right. And we keep we keep seeing that there's going to be something to do with Wonder Woman and then it never, ever comes to fruition. Yeah, but Wonder Woman is both cursed and really, really hard to do. Um, it's cursed in the fact that, like, every time they bring it, they, they try to get it off the ground, it doesn't work for various reasons. Right. Um, which aren't always just that it isn't good. It's a lot of the time it's like, you know, production hell, that sort of thing. Um, and the other thing is that it's really hard to do a Wonder Woman well. And I think that they are, I have a feeling that they're not trying to do her justice so much as like, just get her out there and because she's a good commodity. Right. And, um, and so I think that's kind of like, there's two sort of ideas pulling at each other. Like there's people who want to do justice to Wonder Woman and have a good Wonder Woman. And there's people who just want to make a lot of money off it. And there's, that's causing some problems. Right. And that's based purely on the Joss Whedon thing where he did a script a few years ago. But I think it's also a bit based on the TV show. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, she is one of the, probably the best known female superheroes that exist. Yeah. Uh, in comics. I would say that I, I can't think of another one that's probably as famous. I mean, you could probably go to, like, Supergirl, but even then, like, she's she's not really, and she was always second tier. She never really had her own thing going. Plus, that's the problem of her whole storyline is attached to Superman's. She's right. Supergirl. You know, she's just sort of a spin-off of that character. Yeah, right. Which is a problem for a lot of female superheroes. Whereas Wonder Woman is 100% her own woman. So speaking of superheroes that are 100% their own woman, last week, was it last week? This week. At some point in the not-too-recent past, uh, both you and I, at the same time it turns out, went to see Kick-Ass 2. Yeah, you didn't know we were going to see it at the same time until no. I brought it up that day. No. Uh, so so Kick-Ass 2 is, I think, now out in actually out in cinemas. It was already out last week or the week was before it? in America. Yeah. And then in Australia, we saw a preview screening earlier in the week, and I think it came out today, yesterday. In the re- not too recent distant, no, not too recent <laughs> The not past. too distant past. The not too distant, yeah, that's a good, that's, that's good. Yeah, let's, let's go with that. So, but anyway, let's, mo- let's move on to the actual, actual you know, conversation. But before we do, um, maybe we should just put a warning out for people who uh, haven't seen the movie yet. Uh, if you progress any further, you're probably going to get spoiled um, because, well, it's kind of difficult to talk about kick-ass without talking about spoilers. Yeah. So, Kick-Ass 2 has had probably a little bit of controversy around it, I would say, because... I would say a lot of controversy around it. Yeah. Um, now, the original, the, the first movie was... Um, Probably kind of brilliant, actually. I mean, mm. it was, it it's it's very dark, uh, and uh, and kind of extreme, mm. but in a way that's kind of, I don't know, almost Tarantino esque. Like, uh, it's you know, it's stylized and kind of comedic, yeah, violence. Um, 
Well, the thing about the first Kick-Ass movie is it walks a very, very fine line between um, all the really, really stylized hyper-violence that's in it. Right. Which is, you know, um, 12-year-old girl killing people and slashing them and stabbing them and all that sort of thing. Um, You see a lot of really, really gory stuff in it. And it's walking that line between that and humor without making making the violence cheap. Like it has – so all the violence sort of has a reason for it. And it's also kind of a meta um, critique on – comic well the original is a meta critique on comic books so the movie was kind of a, a meta critique on comic book movies so what they were kind of doing was going what if superheroes existed in the real world showing the violence of that but also kind of saying well this can't really happen in the real world because um these are the consequences and things like that right so it was an incredibly sort of difficult line to walk and i thought matthew vaughn who directed the first movie did it really well um, he has his own really interesting style. He has a good visual style, but he also has a good sort of understanding of where that comic book was coming from and how to do it well in a movie um, without making it too cheap and too, you know, tacky, which I think this this is the movie that failed. This is the movie that kick, the first Kick-Ass could have been if that had failed. This was sort of showing what would happen right. if that happened. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that actually does make a lot of sense because in a, in a way – uh, where the first movie was trying to walk that line and kind of try and turn that, uh, try and show why we don't have superheroes. Well, we do have superheroes. We do have actual, you know, uh, you know, this, the kind of superheroes that you see in Kick-Ass, they, they do exist. Um, but this is why that's a terrible idea. Yeah. But um, it does that with also, while also making a really cool, entertaining movie. Right. With great scenes and really right. cool music and, you know, very interesting visual things with Hit Girl. And, and Hit Girl's such a great character. Yeah. Uh, so she, she does a really good job. Um, yeah. The, the actress that plays her. Chloe Moretz, another one of my favorite actresses. That, that's her. And to be fair, she does a pretty she does a really good job in, in this particular film as well because she, uh, she, she plays a, a, somebody, a, a character that's now a little bit older uh, going through kind of the throes of of um, high school and 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 uh, puberty. puberty. That was the word that I was looking for. The throes of high school and puberty. But then, on, on the other hand, kind of dealing with uh, the superhero world and and I guess kind of not being involved in it, even though she really wants to do that. It's it's kind of the it's kind of the finding yourself story. Yeah, I think. I, I had a problem with how that was resolved. I don't think it was resolved well, and I don't think it was resolved in the spirit of Kickass. Oh, it certainly wasn't because uh, if you look at the original, if you look at the book, right, where which is where this is where, the, where this has come from, the book ends completely differently. Yes, especially however, for especially for her. However, uh, the, the book of Kickass is not one of my favorite things in the world. I really love the original Kick-Ass movie and I know that it was adapted from the comic book, uh, but I think that they made a better movie than the comic book was, which I'm sure I'll get death threats for, but I really, really strongly dislike Mark Miller a lot. Very, very strongly. Very strongly. Yeah, he is a misogynist and a jerk and just, I mean... I know that the comic, like the comic book, is sort of like the hyperviolence. You know, the this is, you know, why it would be bad in the real world. But it it's also really nasty. It's really and and particularly against women. 
Okay, so c- can you give an example of that yes. f- specifically from Kick-Ass? Um, from the first movie or from the first book? From Well, from the books. Uh, I don't know the first book as well. I can give you a se- perfectly good example from the second one, which I know about the gang rape of Katie, who was right. sort of Kick-Ass's love interest, not really in the book, um, more so in the movie. Uh, th- but there's also even things just like where she, at the end of the first book, apparently – um, sends a photo to him of her giving this other guy head in revenge for him telling her he was gay the whole time. Um, it, it's sort of, I don't know, he just has this really sort of nasty view of women and it's a really highly sexualized nasty view of women. Right. Um, and there's a lot of sexual sort of violence uh, that that are in the comic books. It, it seems like there's not a character that exists without sexual violence against her, except maybe Hit Girl, but that might be because she's too young, I think, in the books. Right. And it, well, so, she, she's only she's not, she's not even twelve in in the yeah. second book, uh, which is something that they changed for the movie because, you know, obviously. And uh, the, actually, the beginning of that was handled really nicely in the movie. Her little sexual awakening moment to when she was watching a, a boy band clip was, was really beautifully handled, I thought, and a really nice sort of, like, nod to to female sexuality and things, which is probably something the books probably could not have done with Mark Miller writing them. Well, they wouldn't have, they wouldn't have done it anyway because she was, she was yeah, 12. Yeah, she was too young, yeah. Uh, so, but I thought that part of the movie was actually really good, but then they sort of devolved into this sort of mean girls, nastiness, stereo, which would have been fine as well if the ending of that hadn't been handled with equal nastiness. Right, yeah. Some some of the uh, some of the stuff that they did with the the vomiting and and yeah. that sort of stuff was just, I I I feel like that was just too much. It was, and it would have been so much more meaningful if Hit Girl had found a way to solve that problem without using what is um, ostensibly violence. Even if it's violence, she says that she could have killed them and she just sent them home with like, you know, sick or something, but tummy aches. It, with tummy aches, which is absolutely not what it is. But it's also, that's violence. That's causing right. them like pain and misery. And, and it's really nasty sort of stuff. Yeah. So it would have been great to be able to see her go on that journey and then figure out a way to do that. Cause they keep talking about not being in the violent world, not being in this, this vengeful, horrible scenario in the movie and then they just decide to go for it it doesn't know where it wants to go and that's seen in that storyline as well i think i think that probably pulls a lot from the from the uh the actual book though because in the book they there's a lot of there's a lot of talk from marcus the the guardian for yeah in the book he in the book he's her stepdad um and there's a lot of talk from him in the book about uh, you know I know that you've uh, I know that you've been brought up in in this way that where you think that action movies are real and you know do you, you know that, that it's perfectly okay to to act like this, um, and that kind of that kind of sets a precedent. I, I feel like it, at least in the book in the book in the in the movie there wasn't a whole lot of that sort of stuff going on. He does he, he does, does say it, but the- he doesn't ne- necessarily kind of. It's a lot more of you know grounded and uh, you know you're you're grounded and just you know I don't want you doing this and then this is it's not safe and stuff like that. There was I mean he does uh, he does at least at one point kind of say that you know I've uh, I, I I recognize that you know your father brought you up like this, um, 
there's uh, the, I, I, and I think it's something there's something to be said for for the fact that she in in the book she was actually it, it kind of I guess makes makes a re- gives a reason as to why she would do something like that like why she would just delve straight to violence in a situation like that but in the movie I I didn't feel like it I, I felt like it was just unnecessary that's the whole thing right that's the whole problem with the movie is that you feel like it's all unnecessary because it doesn't walk that line it doesn't sort of it's not hard enough to say um this is why it's bad you shouldn't have superheroes so it's not hard doesn't take a hard enough line to do that right it's too soft for that really and then but it also so the violence kind of just feels empty and gratuitous instead of making a point and being hard hitting right and then it doesn't go the other way enough to be like it's really important to have superheroes because of these reasons it just doesn't give any reasons why it's important to be superheroes their whole storyline is caught up in this person killed this person's dad that's all of their vengeance storylines but they do they in the movie they do try to make a point of it uh they kind of they they kind of try to make it sound like they, they they try to make it ha- like the moral of the story be something be that you know superheroes we don't need superheroes we need real we need real heroes but it doesn't it doesn't it show doesn't, you that it tells us that it, it tells it tells that. you that it doesn't really do it a very good job in the book it didn't have any moral at all <laughs> that there was no like uh, it's i mean that other than the fact that it's you know the the whole story of kickass really is as is a moral as to you know why having superheroes is kind of a bad idea yeah and why we don't live in a world where you know where this sort of stuff happens because you know a lot of the time you know watching iron man watching i want to say men of steel but let's be honest men the one of the main problems with men of steel is that we saw way too much consequence uh without any con- of the consequences actually having any consequences meaning. any meaning in the movie yeah, yeah exactly yeah it- um, but the, to be fair, like to be fair, if you've got somebody that's you know, when when you've got characters like that who are you know fighting in a in a world of uh, in a world when <laughs> with characters fighting in a world of uh, of hyper violence, which is pretty much what all of the character like all the superhero stories are, they just play they just kind of insinuate it as opposed to depict it. It I guess. does still defeat the purpose of Superman. Superman is supposed to be good, the ultimate sort of good. He is supposed to always stand up against that sort of thing, not throw a tanker into a building right. that could have people in it. Right. I mean, that's just sort of it, – it's so f- – uh, flagrantly disregards human life in that movie right. until there's a little tiny group of people that you can actually see who the guy is about to kill and then he just breaks his neck. So so terrible. So, but more to the point, right? Pretty much every superhero story out there has has excessive viol- excessive violence. Uh, not necessarily that's shown or depicted, but we ne- but we and we also never ever see the 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 ramifications of that, right? Even I in Iron, like even in Iron Man, which which is a far far better movie, uh, well movie series, I guess now. Um, in those, there's quite a fair bit of heavy damage that is sustained. I mean, you look at the second one where they where they had the the fight at like the World's Fair thing, mm. and. Uh, were taking like taking down buildings and all sorts of stuff, and and there was never really like you you, you don't see a lot of a lot of the the ramifications of that. 
actually, um, Avengers is kind of a good point for this one. They there was a different beginning for the Avengers that was cho- that changed, that showed sort of the aftermath of the fight in New York, right? And Agent Hill talking about it. But even in the movie, they show the the aftermath of that and what's going to happen now that we have superheroes and stuff. Uh, it's only a brief part where they're talking to people on the street, sort of an idea. Um, but it it does kind of show um, a lot of people going, well, we don't like them because they destroyed things. Right. And the other major thing about regular superhero movies, all these superhero movies that Kick-Ass doesn't have and that makes it problematic when they try and say we need real heroes, not superheroes, is something that threatens innocent people without being caused by the main character having like killed somebody's dad. Most of the time, all we see is the good guys beating up the thugs who were supposed to have done that. We don't actually see them do anything bad, especially right. in Kick-Ass 2. We see a few innocent sex slave women, like prostitutes who are underage or something like that from the... Uh, um, from from the the, the, the the poker night bust. Yes, yeah. but that's it. And that's not even, you know, they're not even doing that directly to protect them, they just bust in. Right, and and here's, I think, one of the things about the book that I think was better than, than the movie. Um, in the book, there, there is actually a more superhero plot, uh, I guess. Does that even make sense? <laughs> there is more of a superhero-esque plot. There we yeah. go. That makes a bit more sense. Uh, in that the whole point of um, Red Mist... Uh, when they do, when they kill off the colonel, that's when he becomes known as as the mother fracker. Yeah, the mud, mother mother flipper, the mother fudger. Uh, and and he's uh, and from that point in the book, you he he starts a plan to simply do uh, to to you know take down the city, which seems really ridiculous, and it doesn't have any point. Oh, that's right. They do that in the movie. It just was so. It was so like not even yeah. a major well, uh, or even a plot point at all. That... Right, and this is how the this is how the ending is is a lot different to to the comics, right? Because in the comic, uh, they go to after after the death of uh, after the funeral scene mm. in the comic, they go. Uh, there's the whole van chase thing that you see in the movie, and then they go to the the lair with the you know the dead yeah. shark. Um, <laughs> it's my favorite gag in the movie. I couldn't stop laughing at the shark sitting at the bottom of the tank. Well, uh, in, in the comic, he never he, he never really gets up because like in in the movie, you know how he he eats he eats what's his face's leg off, yeah, uh, legs off, and uh, and you kind of and he you know suddenly he he's alive because he yeah. just wants food in the movie that never happens in the because comic somebody book. falls sorry in the comic book that never happens because somebody falls in there and it's not red mist it's not it's not the the, the mother f- fluffer uh it it's it's like some second tier dude yeah and then nothing happens until uh hit girl shoots shoots out the glass and everything all the water comes pouring out and then they and then they do the scene the the part where they like that they did um after the in the movie after the van chase, which is, you know, you know, where is he and that sort of stuff, you know, and where, uh, which they did kind of like by the side of the road. Oh, that. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, they were going to pull out his, in the, in the book it was pulling out his fingernails with the pliers. Yeah. Not, not the other thing that's in the movie. 
um, I'll leave that one for for those of you who want to. This is another. It. That's another. You know, sexual. It's so much sexual violence There's as a lot well. Of it. It's the and it's it's particularly uh, nasty when it's all the sexual violence as well. But after that, after that, they go to they, then. There's there's a big showdown, and the showdown in the movie happened at the Evil Lair with the Shark Tank and the you know the which was basically like a a really really pitiful well lit club. <laughs> Let's be but honest. that's why it's so like uh, it's so ridiculous and so funny. But yeah. it, it is Chris D'Amico in the film, which is the mother forgetter. Um, he is so so useless and right. so incompetent. And in the and then I know that in the book he's less incompetent because of that well, horrible scene that I talked about. He's less incompetent before. when it comes to to fighting and being general bad guy, but his reasons for doing it are far less understandable i don't know there's a lot of talk in in the book about how he is doing the he, why the reason why he's being uh, being the first you know super villain is not because you know you killed my dad i mean there's a little bit of it that there he he definitely does hold kick ass and uh and hit girl responsible for that and to be fair it's they he, are responsible he holds that. both of them responsible for it uh more so kick ass but do, there's not this whole you know, I, I must kill him whole thing that happened in the movie um and so there's this whole plan to take down the city, and so there's this big epic showdown between the you know the supervillains and the superheroes in Times Square, where all the superheroes end up getting arrested, um, and and Hit Girl gets and arrested. And she's in jail, yeah. Yeah, and she goes to jail, and I think Kickass is the one that runs away. Okay. He he makes a run for it. I don't know if you can actually put twelve year olds in jail, so surely she'd be in juvie. Well, probably, but she she gets arrested in, in yeah. any case, and uh, and Marcus gets arrested because he knows about it, right? Um, and it's in the in the in the movie there was none of that, right? There was mm-hmm. no point to anything that that they were doing. Yeah. However, in the comic book, there there kind of was. I mean, it was kind of a flimsy thing that they were doing because it was just it was more so about how the how he became a supervillain and he was doing all the supervillainy things because he'd read about them in comic books and he just assumed that if I'm going to be a supervillain, that's what I need to do. Yeah. He also, uh, he, there's, there's a very brief sort of, um, concept that he might be doing it for fame. And right. he's like, how, oh, how am I going to get it on YouTube if you don't have security cameras? Yeah. Which would have been a really interesting storyline had they not dropped it two seconds later, yeah. which is one of the other you know, that's the thing about this movie is three million plot points, three million characters and everything just anything that's sort of interesting that goes off to the side kind of gets dropped pretty quickly and you just go straight back to into um, let's chop some more people up and that's it, – it's just not very good. <laughs> so just to kind of finish things up, what would you – what would you rate uh, – what would you rate Kick-Ass out of, out of 10 Katie's? Out of 10? Yeah, we do we – do, we do ratings out of 10 here. I gave it f- five out of 10, essentially. The, so the second it, film. The second film. So yeah. what about the first one? What would you rate, at, rate Rate the first one? Just so we can get a kind of a Four feeling. Four and a half. I loved the first movie. So that's so that's nine out of 10. Oh, nine out of 10. Yeah. Sorry. So nine out of 10 for the first film and, and yeah. five out of 10 for the second one. Yeah. Right. Right. And I mean, and, and to be fair, most of the five out of 10 is going to Chloe Moretz. Like, a large portion of... I would have rated it lower had 
firstly, I not liked her so much. I think she's fantastic. And secondly, she not done such a good job as Hit Girl in showing that the these different complicated sides to that character. Right. She's really great. Yeah. So no, it would have been lower. She was very good. Um, she, she really tried. She really holds the whole film up uh, mm. as as far as you know her 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 storyline and her acting to a certain extent. So, well, sorry, the storyline to a certain extent, but mostly her acting. Yeah. Uh, and the 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 effort that she puts into it, um, which really shows. I would have to say that probably the first film would probably rate around a seven or an eight for me. Yeah. Um, I, I I can't say that it was my favorite film of all time, but it was certainly something that I was. Um, that I enjoyed. I did rate it actually, so I could find out exactly what my rating was back then. But uh, that would take a while, I think. That's okay. We've we 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 don't have the time for that. And it's probably it's you know it's, the, it's more the, or less it's, it's what more I said. Of, more of a it's more of a feeling for how you feel about the film as compared to this one. Yeah. Um. And so I I would probably say that yeah I'd I'd probably agree with like maybe a, a five out of out of ten for for the Kickass two. It, it's. You, you, if you're going to watch it, you have to you have to uh, you have to kind of really just assume that you're not going to get anything worthwhile out of it. It's really it's kind of a lot more action movie esque than than the one that came before. In that it's just really for the benefit of nothing, um, just for the benefit of explosions and and a good time. And so I, I think that if you if you just want a movie that you can switch off and just kind of watch people get you know, really ridiculously uh, mauled in new and exciting ways, then it's probably a great film to go and watch. But if you're actually looking for something that has anything to do with anything or that has any sort of intellectual stuff to it at all, uh, it's probably not. not And the plot would be so confusing to anybody who hasn't seen the first one. Yeah. yeah, I I imagine that it would be just really, really... I did give it four and a half out of five. I gave it nine out of ten. It would be really, really hard to follow. All right. Well, that's pretty much what we have time for. So uh, if you guys are interested in uh, in reading any of this stuff that we've talked about today, the MBN stuff, uh, Kick-Ass stuff, there's actually a few articles that we missed out on with the Kick-Ass thing that I'm going to throw in the show notes uh, for you all to read. We were going to talk about the actual controversy rather than the yeah. movie itself. Well, yeah. Um, so there's the controversy about the, about the, the, the rape scene, uh, which was removed from the movie as opposed to being put in which was in the comic book but not in the movie uh yeah. and then there's the whole thing with with um jim, jim carrey, carrey that came out after the after he finished his bit on the movie and he he basically decided that he didn't like it after it's so ludicrous it really is just like because because there was a sh- um the shooting which is not ludicrous at all that was really terrible uh, a terrible elementary school shooting in america um i'm calling it elementary school because that's what it said on the article that I read it's primary school uh but it and that was really terrible but for him to say I'm now um disconnecting myself from this movie and I'm not going to do any publicity for it because of the gun violence in it which is the least sort of amount of violence in the movie is is gun violence I'm just gonna I'm just gonna ask did he even read the comic at all before he did this yeah that's the thing also is that if you read the comic and you read the script did you you see in the comic how that your character dies Jim Carrey did you see because it is 
horrific is what it is. And and the script the script would have had a whole lot of violence written right in there. Uh and and his major plot point in the movie is that he carries around a gun that isn't loaded. So like it's such a sort of odd I mean, I, I respect people who stand up for what they believe in, but if you're gonna stand up for what you believe in, do it properly. You know, this is no. not the way to do it. And all it's done is brought the film more publicity by deciding not to do publicity. So if you're interested in reading about this stuff, because we could probably argue about, well, not argue, but you know, rant about it for the next hour. And uh, given that we're already over time, that's probably not a good idea. Uh, if, you want to, if you want to read any of this stuff, you can find it on our website. The address for that is jellyandbean.co forward slash 39. Because it's the 39th episode. Uh, if you would like to get in touch with uh, with us, that is me and Bean, you can do that. Uh, we have a contact form on the website as well. It's jellyandbean.co forward slash contact. Now, if you want to get in touch with Katie... Mm. You can uh, check out my blog. I have a blog, silverscreenqueen.wordpress.com or you can tweet me on Twitter at green underscore queen. We've also got the Silver Screen Queens podcast on the Jelly Style Network. Uh, so you can listen to that on the um, jellystyle.com website. If you go to silverscreenqueens.com. Oh, silverscreenqueens.com. There you go. And uh, you can tweet at myself and Melissa, um, who's the other co-host of the Silver Screen, Silver Screen Queens podcast. At screen underscore queens. I think it's. I think it's probably a good. This is a, probably a good. This is a good time to point out that you guys actually did a review for for Kickass Two on Silver yeah. Screen Queens, and you can actually go and see that. We'll throw the link to that in the show notes. Uh, you can't see it. You can listen, listen to, it, to it though. And you can read my review at. Um, the and there blog is. That I mentioned. And there is a, a review that Katie has at her blog. Uh, you can get in touch with me at at Jelly and Bean Soup on Twitter, and uh, that's pretty much it. So we will. Uh, we will see you next week I have another guest host lined up and I'm not going to tell you all who it is although if you go on Twitter you can probably find out Mm -hmm. Uh, and uh, we'll, we'll look forward to talking to you then bye bye was just looking at the serenity thing and at the end of it Zoe is pregnant so I was right and that's awesome um and there was a comic about Wash and Wash died and that was very sad much sadder than than book dying because book freaked me out especially when he laughed especially in real life when he laughed because he laughs at his own jokes and that's weird the wrong glass is weird and creepy and I don't like him very much and Shepherd Book was never my favorite character he's like down in my bottom two favorite characters with Anara and then my favorite is Zoe she's my favorite character because she's so cool I like Kaylee I like Kaylee too she's pretty cool um but she isn't my favorite Zoe is my favorite yeah I like but I like everybody else I just don't really like Book and Anara that much so why why is Zoe your favorite why is Zoe my favorite? Because she's just really, like, awesome and tough and, like, really stoic and stuff. And she, um, and I like Gina Torres a lot. And, um, and she can be really, really funny, but in, like, a really dry way, which is cool. Um, I like Mal. I like Kaylee and Wash.
And I love Simon. Simon's my second favorite character, but he's nobody else's, which is sad. I think that people don't give him as much credit as he deserves because he's really, really heroic because he gave up like everything. I mean, if you look at that kind of world, he's the person who's most like us and has like the most similar sort of lifestyle to us. And then he gives up all of that to go and live on a crappy spaceship um, just so that he can save his sister. And he gives up all of his money and all of his renown and everything to go and help his sister, which I think is great. I think he's an amazing character and I think he's really sweet. Um, and sometimes he can be kind of snobby, but he doesn't mean to be. It's just sort of how he was brought up and he's trying not to be. So I think he's cool. 